Are you an ISA or agent struggling to convert your valuable leads? Or are you a team leader looking for advanced scripting and dialogue training for your team? Smart Inside Sales Conversion University is the industry-leading training program designed to give you the ninja-level scripting and objection handlers used by top teams across the country. Conversion U covers scripting, dialogue, objection handling, and closing skills needed to elevate your business through self-paced video training and live interactive expert coaching. Visit smartinsidesales.com slash conversion you to start today. Cash Call, everybody. Back again, Dale Archdeacon, Brian Curtis for another episode of Cash Call. And uh, I don't know about you, Brian, but I do have a call to listen to today. And you know what? Normally, I, 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 I feel this like we try not to play too, play calls too long, right? So, you know, if a call is really long, like I have an 11 minute call. So a lot of times it's difficult for us to demonstrate some of the nuances that happen inside of a call. And one of the issues that I want to cover, um, last week we had uh, one of the clients from my company, Mark Boyland, wanted to submit a call. Uh, and we, you know, we weren't able to do it live within the time that we had. And so they did submit a call and I played it. It's an 11 minute call. So what we'll be doing here is I actually went through it. I listened to it and I pulled out some parts that I want to talk to everybody about, Brian, um, some critical things that really could have changed the course of this conversation, uh, if that's okay with you. What are you, what are you working with today? That sounds great. You know, I've got a relatively short call in, in contrast to yours. Um, <laughs> but, look, you know, I think it's important, you know, for I want to make sure that we are responding. We ask people to submit calls. So if we end up going through it, spending the entire time on Mark's call, I'm completely okay with that. We'll use my call next week. Because again, those of you who are watching live or those of you listening on our podcast, please send us calls because Dale and I can go through and listen to them, but we'd, we'd love to give people direct feedback. It's uh, it's fun to, to listen from a different perspective. So absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And listen, if you are a client of our company or if you're on Brian's team, you can access our prospecting room Monday through Friday, uh, 8 a.m. Eastern to 2 p.m. Eastern so that you can get some recordings made in your CRM. And if you don't know what that is, you can just uh, email me, Dale at Smart Inside Sales, and I'll tell you what that is. But point being, everybody listening to this, I think Brian agrees with this, you should all be recording. Your agents, your ISAs especially, should be recording, and they should know how to find those recordings, and they should be required to call your leads through your CRM. Brian, do all of your agents call their leads through your CRM? Theoretically. It, it is it is Just a requirement. Yes. We're on air. We're on air, Brian. Just say yes. <laughs> they are all amazing. And each and every one of them follows every rule. And one of our rules <laughs> is that if not in the CRM. It doesn't exist. And, and by the way, let me just say that, you know, we're kind of joking back and forth about this liar. I got called a liar by Eric. Thanks, Eric. So um, probably been called worse today, but, but, but let me just say this. It's something we're pushing towards. And here's a couple of reasons why I think sometimes people don't want that because they're afraid they're going to get in trouble. Well, I want to flip that on its head. The honest answer is so that we can help you. Like my mind reader's broken down. I don't know about yours, but mine's broken. So I need that information as a leader to get it back to you. Now, let me just take it one step further and then we'll play that call. If you're an agent who's a single agent, or even if you're on a team, I can't say this enough times, listen to your own calls. You have no idea of the things that you're saying. How do I know that? I've listened to my calls and went, holy crap, why did I say that? <laughs> so 
and you don't remember it in the moment because you're just going, you're doing your thing. So I think it's vitally important for team leaders to listen to calls, but I also think it's vitally important for the person to make the call, who's making the calls, to listen to the calls, give yourself feedback, pretend you're me and Dale, and what would what would Dale or Brian say about, about this call? And I think it would be super powerful. Oh yeah, huge. Uh, let me ask this, well, you know, since I, I sprung this on Brian, everybody. So, you know, this is not like something that we planned. So thank you for your honesty, Brian. Um, is there, are there reasons why or how does it end up happening? I, I assume you deliver all of your leads to your agents, company leads from your company to your agents through the CRM. Is that true? And so, you know, I guess your question is why on earth would they not call through the CRM? Yeah. I wanted and, to start with, do they, do they get all their leads from you in the CRM? And if they do, why would they contact them outside of it? There's a couple of reasons. So first of all, I would like to think when you're getting leads, you are in a position to get leads. And what I mean by that is you're not driving down the road. You're not at the doctor's office. You're not at your kid's play. And, and all those things are legitimate things to do. They're just not legitimate things to do while you're trying to get a lead. So one of the things I think it happens is it's, and I'm going to do air quotes around this for those listening, is it feels easier to call on my cell phone sometime. And, and here's the thing that I've been telling people now for a couple of years, it might be easier in the moment, but I need you to think long-term, especially if you're driving down the road, taking a phone right. call, right. do it through the CRM. So we use follow-up boss. That's when you, you can call through the follow-up boss app. Yeah. That's when you need it recorded when you're driving down the street. Right. So you can go back and go, well, I said that, I guess I better do it. So right. yeah. And, and I think it's just natural, you know, that we've done this, you know, five years ago, we didn't have a CRM that had the capacity to do that. And so for years, we trained people to do things and people, you know, I've said this for years now, most real estate agents didn't get into real estate to become tech, tech experts and database no. managers. No, Unfortunately, or fortunately, that is a big part of our job in 2022. Yeah. Let me just go back to this, Brian, because I'm a dumb person. So it takes a few times for me. So I'm your agent. I'm driving down the road and I'm looking at my cell phone, which I should not have done. So I get a text alert that I've received a new lead and or an email alert. Is that what happens? Those are some, but we probably, I want to say somewhere in the range of 40 to 50% of our leads are incoming phone calls. So okay. it might just be um, so through- phone rings my cell phone or rings through my FUB app and rings my phone? Unfortunately, um, sometimes it just rings. So Zillow and Realtor.com ring through that. And then um, a we use a company called Call Action. Shout out to Jesse Bodewine for a great system. You know, that'll ring your phone directly as well. So there's no reason if you're doing, if you're getting an email lead to do what we're talking about. Do people still do it? Yes, because I'm a, I'm in a, I'm a creature of habit, right? And then, you know, and then I'm going to, and here's, here's what we're doing, by the way, for team leaders out there. When I look at a lead and we're, we're working with a, a new system through Wilopo called Octum, but after a certain period of time, if I don't see a note and a phone call in there, it's going to get reassigned. So we have come up with a way to gently nudge people to make sure that they're uh, it, at a minimum logging their calls in the CRM, but theoretically they should all be coming through the CRM and we'll, we will get there. Okay. All right. I'm going to let you off the hook, Brian. I'm still trying to. Thanks, man. I'm, I'm sweating over here. <laughs> I'm, letting, I'm letting you off the hook, Brian. But I think that in subsequent maybe cash calls, let's just do an update on this because, you know, here we're all about being real, right? And so, yeah. you know, no team is perfect. Absolutely. 
I mean, I wouldn't have a business if teams were perfect, or if that was even, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have a coaching business either if, if teams no. were perfect. Um, and so it's just a reality, but, you know, we typically work on getting those systems implemented. So that's something I think the listeners might be interested in. Amen. I like uh, it. Okay. I'm going to share my screen over here and play this call. And I just have a couple of timestamps. So this is a newer ISA that's working for a real estate company. And it sounds like he's calling through older leads. And so I'm just going to hit play. I'm going to have him rolling on 1.25 here just to make it go a little bit faster. And I do have timestamps. So nice. spoiler alert, everybody. Uh, the ISA got has some really good questions, got some good discovery. However, um, there are some critical, critical things that were missed. And we ended up basically just, uh, well, we ended up sending a home bot, right, about the person's property. And then scheduling a, what they're calling a strategy session, which is either a Zoom or a phone call with one of their agents. And I don't even know if that was specified necessarily about the buying process. Hey, Adam, this is Jared over at Keller Williams. How are you? Good. Yeah, uh, the reason for the call is I see that you're uh, looking to purchase a home or you were recently looking to purchase a home. And I was just reaching out to see if you were still looking to do that or if you were just window shopping right now. Yeah. So really great script, right? Want to see if you purchased a home or if you were just window shopping, right? Um, very similar to what we do for old leads. I feel like for us, it's a blend between the old lead script and the new lead script. Um, Brian, you you guys pretty much do something similar, right? Yeah. Um, when, when it's done correctly, it, it's some version of that. When we get um, something like Realtor.com, we will say that Realtor.com asked us to call or Zillow asked us to call or lead source X, if it makes sense, home light, effective agents, some of those. And we're using, we're doing that because we're, that creates credibility. So do if you, it's just a do website. You say that, do you say that with old leads though? No, if an old lead, I'm simply, yeah, the, with an old lead, I'm going to see you simply use the exact same script. This guy, Hey, Dallas, Brian Curtis with Curtis Realty Group, following up people who've made inquiries in the past. Just wondering if you're, I was just checking to see if you're window shopping or were you looking to make a move soon? Or were you looking to make a move soon or just window shopping? I don't, I don't know if the matter, the order matters. Got it. Pretty much the same thing, right? So we'll hear what yep. the lead has to say, and then I'll go to my first timestamp. No, we were looking at a vacation home. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Oh, that's great. Uh, where are you looking at? Um, down south. Oh, okay. we're, we're not we're not specific to a state. We're looking at North Carolina, Maryland. Gotcha. You know, gotcha. we're just trying to see what's out there. Okay. Yeah, I can't sell my house unfortunately because I took it to school. school. Oh, okay. So you're looking to keep the current house and then um and then move down or get a vacation home somewhere down south. Yeah. Great, great, great. Um, I see on my end it was showing that you're looking at somewhere in Putnam Valley. Uh, does that sound accurate? No, 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 no. Putnam Valley is where I, we were. All right. So now we talk about where, right? So we got the initial just clarification about what the guy was looking for. Uh, then we go on to, let me go to two minutes and 59 seconds. So he does some discovery, figures out where they want to live. The guy starts talking about his current home and all the work that they've done to it. And then the ISA gets down to a good question here, which we're going to hear in about a second. You know, 10 years old. I read all the central AC units. And, wow. You know, I, guess I, put, I put a ton of work into the house. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that, uh, that's, that's, that's amazing. Um, have you looked at uh, what you could potentially get for selling your home? Have you seen any? Uh, um, we've been we've been told we've been told like in the high high fives. Um, okay, and is low, that something low. that would um, is that something of your interest that price range or? Now here's what I'm going to share with everybody. This ISA asked a great question, uh, whether he's uh, found out what he could sell his home for. The guy says we've been told in the high fives, told by who? 
the ISA never figures it out, never asks that question, right? So what I'm hearing, and we'll hear in a couple ways as we go through this call, what we're missing, this is, Brian, this, you know, when you have that lead in your system uh, that you talk to and they're like, we're not going to do anything for six months and you just, you're bored and you happen to call them back two weeks later and they're like, oh yeah, we pulled the trigger on something. We found something. You're like, what the hell are you talking about, right? Uh, oh, you're muted. I don't hear you. Many times, unfortunately. <laughs> Many times, <laughs> right? Yeah. So I'm, I believe that this is one of those conversations, right? Because the guy, uh, this is the first thing that we've heard. We were looking, right? And he says, we didn't find anything we were interested in. Then he says, we were told what our house would sell for. So this is like another, uh, another piece of evidence that the guy's been doing the research, right? But the ISA doesn't unpack that and misses it. Any, any thoughts on that while I go to the next timestamp? Yeah, I just think, and I'm going to make a general statement about that. As a rule, you know, it's funny, we do role play on Wednesday morning, so I, this is really fresh in my brain. I feel like agents need to learn this now more than ever. Go to the next question. Go one step deeper. And, and here's why. In six months ago, we were running out to sell the house immediately. We we're running out to list the house immediately. Our, our, our skill set was around availability, a big portion of it, right? Now we have to understand what motivation is so that we can come back to that motivation. So Dale, you did say that you were really wanting to move to be closer to your grandkids. Is that something that's still important to you? I've got to get that in the initial discovery so I can use it later when they get finicky. Because you know what happens a lot of times, and this was a fun discussion we had this morning, was the, the pain is I need to be near my grandchildren or the, or the even the pleasure. I'm gonna, I want to move towards my grandchildren. But then things get frustrating. And when things get frustrating, people forget the reason they were doing things. Oh, yeah. And part of our job is to come back and say, Dale, is that still important to you? I realize it's really frustrating right now trying to you know deal with all these multiple offers and the price increases and the interest rates. But is it still really important for you to, to do this? Yeah, it is. Well, let me be there, go through this with you, you know, but if you don't remember that, you don't have it written down or worse, you never even knew it, then you can't come back to it so that people will understand, you know, and by the way, when, when you remind somebody of that, it feels like a sales technique, but really what it says is, oh, this guy actually paid attention to what was important to me. And, and I, and I, I want to listen to him now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, at four minutes and 40 seconds, the ISA, listen to this, and then I want you to hear the thing after it. So he asks, you know, does he know what the value of his home is? Um, we've been told blah, 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 right? Then we get down to this oh, question. Would you be looking to sell, uh, sell your current home first, or would you be looking at trying to, you know, kind of line it up at the same time? Uh, if, I moved, if I moved in Putnam Valley, I'd probably try to line up at the same time. Uh, gotcha. The summer home, though, we would hold on to our house. Okay. So uh, there, the story just changed from just buying a, a vacation home somewhere else to potentially moving in his local market. And it's another, another marker, right? I know what my house is worth. I've been told what my house would sell for. What we didn't hear is at one point, the guy says, it'd probably be a bidding war. Then he goes, if I do move within this county, I would do it at the same time, right? So he's act, he is he is potentially uh, uh, looking to make a move in his local market. 
Now listen to what happens next, Brian. This is where I think the huge miss is. Obviously the ISA has missed these couple of buying signal markers in here or moving signal markers, right? And then we go to 510 when he goes to a next step and listen to what the next step is. Yeah, I hear that, I hear that. Well, why don't I go ahead? So in regards to your current home, uh, why don't I go ahead and set you up on, uh, we basically have the service called HomeBot and it just sends you out uh, once a month and it's an update once a month through your mm -hmm. email. And it just mm -hmm. tells you like an update on what your home value is and you know how much equity you have in it. It kind of calculates that as time goes on. It's completely free to you. It's just something uh, you know we send out to homeowners that we work with like yourself. Okay, so it doesn't sound super exciting. It sounds pretty generic. It doesn't sound tailored to this guy or even important to the guy. Plus, my bigger argument is we should be pushing to get into that house. We should ask at least once to get into that house instead of retreating back behind an email. Um, because I want to go for the highest action first, especially based on these, you know, activity markers I'm hearing. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the hockey playoffs just finished up for all those hockey nerds like me. You know, Gretzky said you miss every shot you don't take. Yeah. And I feel like that's what's happening here. And and by the way, I, I, I love that you pointed out earlier that he didn't go deep enough because it would have made it easier. And when we're talking about deep enough, I'm referring to, hey, out of curiosity, or, hey, I was, I'm just wondering, um, you know, where'd you get that value from? Because they, them, those, those pronouns, by the way, watch for pronouns, because pronouns mean generality, which means we need to get clarity. And, you know, so if someone says, yes, you know, they told me, who in the heck is they? So, Oh yeah, this this my next door neighbor. Oh, your next door. What does he do? Well, um, he's an engineer. Okay, so he might not right. know anything about housing. You know, he's a real estate agent. Might be a different answer. But you know, right. out of curiosity, you mentioned anybody forgot right. that. Out of curiosity, right. you mentioned that someone gave you a value earlier. Right. One of the things that I think is important as a real estate agent is you get multiple opinions. Not that that other person is wrong, but just you know, we've got a, we can give you a free opinion as well. Um, I'd love to set up a time to do that. You know, we've got time this week or next week, which will work better for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so exactly. And that they told me could be my agent, right? Which we want to hear too. Uh, I mean, we don't want <laughs> the to guy who's listing there. agreement. I signed. Uh oh, <laughs> you know, that's when I, when I signed the <laughs> listing agreement, that's what he said I would get. Uh, yeah, so uh, let's go down and, and now so he's put himself behind this email, we're going to be sending you this generic piece of information that we send everybody, right? rather than trying to go for a higher win, which is a face-to-face -face or get into the property. Um, and that's okay. I, I know that this is a relatively newer ISA, believe it or not. So he sounds really good. Um, that's overall, it's a good job. It's just yeah. that there's opportunities to grow and we need those opportunities because guess what? Yeah. There's less opportunities today than there was six months ago. So we need to be better. Yeah. And, and I want to point this out to every single person listening to this, Brian, is that we only hear this stuff as his de facto team leader or tr sales trainer is how you and I are behaving right now. We can only hear these nuances if you actually listen to the recording. Otherwise, the guy says, says, hey, yeah, we had a great conversation. They're not looking at selling or buying right now, but I put them on a home bot. Congratulations. But if the sales trainers, the sales coaches, can listen to what actually happened that we can say, hey, you hear this? That's what that means. You hear this? You need to ask deeper questions into it. That's where the training and advancement of sales skills really takes off and you close more deals.
Absolutely. And before you push start, there's a question I, I want to cover it real quick. Do we follow some kind of script? The answer is you can follow a script. And Dale and I, for a call like this, generally we, we follow framework versus a script on a call like this. And so, you know, we use uh, who, what, why, where, when, and how is, is the six W's is what I call them. And I'm not sure if that's what Dale calls it or not, but that's what I call it. I call it six W's. So, and and so it, you it's actually, You actually, I hate to remind you, you actually got that from me. Who, where, when, oh, why, what, and how much? I completely stole that from Dale, and I normally say that. I'm been, sorry. And it, no, it's been so long that you've now forgotten where it came from, right? Uh, and that's it happened. That's the way that it works. <laughs> so yeah, if you say something long enough, it's yours. So to answer your question, exactly. we're not for something like this. I'm not using an exact script. And are there good scripts you can use? Yes, but you need to understand to, how to pivot within those scripts. And where does that come from? Practice. It's right. just practice, practice. If you're a script reader, not a script or understander, you're not going to do well in this market. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, you know, the other thing I want to say about that is, yeah, uh, we do, Brian and I definitely follow um, frameworks and we teach, uh, you know, essentially like, when do you want to sell this guy a house or when do you want him to sell his house? Uh, now, right? I always want it now. Brian always wants it now. Uh, so far, what we've listened to, is it going to be now? No, it's not going to be now. All right, why can't it be now? Uh, and, and how did we decide it's not going to be now, partner? Uh, so if you follow that kind of framework where every single lead that you're talking to, every piece of business that you're interacting with, you are their business partner and you two are making the business decision together. And if that decision is to wait, to sell through somebody else, to sell it yourself, to hold on to it and buy something uh, and keep everything, you are making that decision with that lead. So just make sure that it's the best decision to be made and that you understand it the way they understand it. That's a really underlying framework that we teach salespeople that helps guide their conversation. Like that would help that ISA say, hmm, if I want you to sell your house now and I want you to do it with me and they told you how much it's worth, maybe I better find out who they are. That informs getting deeper into that question. Yeah. And for me, it's always just trying to find a, so I, I think about it as a puzzle and usually I'm missing a piece and I'm looking yeah. for that piece so I can fill that in. And I, you know, that helps for some people, other people are like, yeah, whatever, that doesn't make sense to me, but that oh, helps I like me. That. I like because I'm around. like, Oh, there's something I'm missing here. There's some reason this guy is not moving now. There's some reason that this guy doesn't have an exact price for his house. There's some reason this guy got a magical number for his house. And until I know the answers to those questions, doesn't mean I can't have success, but it makes it a heck of a lot easier if he said, oh, I've got a realtor I've been working with for 15 years. Or, you know, my buddy's a realtor, but, you know, he, he doesn't sell very much. I'm not really working with him. He just did a quick CMA for me. Yeah. I mean, it's so that's that's such an important piece of information. And again, this guy did an overall good job, but he missed that. And that's huge. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So now he does ask for he tries to set a buyer consultation essentially with one of their agents. So we're going to do this. This ISA is really smooth. He's doing a really good job. He's mm -hmm. definitely got a good amount of training. Um, I think he he's actually being trained by our company. So he does have really good training. He's uh, got a great trainer. <laughs> humble, humble, humble brag there. Um, but I want to unpack his ask and let's listen to this ask, Brian. I know you and I can definitely improve it. Agents on our team. And something I wanted to offer you, and this is completely up to you, is a strategy session. Uh, we're basically. Oh, absolutely. 
Um, okay, well, so there was something else I wanted to mention. So in regards to this home purchase, uh, we do have, you know, quite a few top agents on our team. And something I wanted to offer you, and this is completely up to you, is a strategy session uh, where basically one of our top agents would reach out to you and kind of give you a layout of what the buying process is going to look like. Just something, just so you kind of know, like, what to expect, kind of a guideline. Yep. Uh, and if you would want to, you know, if you, you you know, have a bond with that agent and you want to pursue it with them, that's great. And if not, it's completely, you know, it's no worries. Again, it's up to you. It's no pressure. Uh, is that something you might be interested in? It'd be like Now, the guy says yes to this. However, we both know that based on this pitch, with this kind of pitch, the show rate, uh, if it's face-to-face, -face, the show rate on something like that is probably like 20 or 30%. If it's video, maybe you might get as high as 50%, uh, but the show rate on an ask like that is pretty low, especially when it's somebody who says, we were actively looking, he currently owns his home, he knows how much it would sell for, uh, or has an idea and was told by somebody, uh, right? And uh, he, and then what you don't hear off this video, uh, or I didn't play, is yeah, I have a mortgage broker, I have so and so in my family who's a contractor, so I'm all taken care of there. And then he goes, okay, I'll talk to your agent. That is such a low probability of them actually conducting that conversation. And and I I have a couple of suggestions there. One is don't ever tell them that you have a bunch of generic agents. He said we have a we have a top team of agents. We have a bunch of agents, right? Here's the problem. This lead is building the rapport with this ISA. Don't then switch to, I'm going to assign you to some random salesperson that you have no contact with, right? That's essentially the way I interpret what he's saying. And then the value proposition for what the guy was going to get really was kind of thin, right? Answer your questions about the process. Uh, so I think that we can strengthen those things up there and make it more of a partnership. I'm going to connect you with my partner who specializes in that area. Um, let's jump on a Zoom meeting together so that we can value proposition, value proposition. What do you think, Brian? I agree. And here's a word that I think that a lot of salespeople don't use enough because. So because there was they did a, they did a study a couple of years ago, and I don't I'm gonna misquote it, but you'll I'm gonna get the general gist of it. So basically, there was people standing in line to do a thing, and again, this is very vague, and I apologize. And somebody walked up, and they this, they did this intentionally, walked up and said, "Hey, would you mind if I just jump in in line here?" And like ninety percent of the people said no, because <laughs> who the hell are you, and why? You know, I've been waiting right. in this line for twenty minutes, right? Right. Watch this. Would you mind if I jump in front of you because I'm late to pick up my kid? And then it went and literally flipped it on its head. Instead of 90%, no, they're getting 90% yes. So, hey, you know, one of the things that I think is really important is that you get a second opinion because oftentimes, XYZ, people don't, you know, people don't get accurate values. The market has changed. I mean, there's so many different reasons, but because we'll go, oh, well, now I've got a reason to do it. And yeah. to your point, this guy said yes, but it, to your point, it was a weak yes. And, and yeah. it was just, it was kind of, I don't know, I want to, I don't want to call it dumb luck. I don't want to think of it that bad, but ultimately he had decent rapport with the guy and asked the guy to do a thing. Oftentimes, if you got decent rapport with somebody and you ask them to do it, they will do it. But that is not, but they have no motivation to do it. He, they, mm -hmm. they were just in rapport with you. So they said, okay. Right. And I think yeah. that's really what happened. Because again, smooth guy on the phone, right? right. Really, yeah. really good that way. Yeah, absolutely. So I know, I don't know whether this meeting actually happened or not, but I'm just, I want to make sure people hear the example of 
this is those things where people say yes to you. I'll show up for the buyer consult or yes, I'll take that phone call or yes, I'll, uh, we'll talk again whenever. And then they ghost you and don't do anything. It's because you don't have the hooks in deep enough. They don't have a solid enough reason to do things or a, a benefit that they're going to get from it. And, and, and they'll even tell you yes. And I don't, I'm not saying that the lead is a liar. What I'm saying is that that lead's going to get off the phone with this stranger salesperson. He's going to forget about him in about 35 seconds, right? And then the value, whatever, whatever thin value there was to this buyer going through with meeting with another strange salesperson at another time is going to evaporate quickly. Yep. And, and let me say this, like this happens to me all the time. I get on the phone with somebody and occasionally I will end up on a sales call. Sometimes I, a lot of times I'll say, sorry, I don't have time right now. I got to go. But sometimes I'll end up in a sales call, right? And, and, and partially, sometimes I'm interested in what they have to say and whatever. And in the moment, I'm having a good time. I'm in a good mood. The guy's funny. We built some rapport. And he goes, hey, man, why don't you just set this up so we can meet on Thursday at three o'clock? We'll go. We'll spend 30 minutes going over this product, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, absolutely. And then Thursday morning rolls around. I look at my schedule and I'm like, ah, crap. I don't want to meet with Joe Blow right. from sellmeleads.com. And, you know, and, <laughs> and it happens. And at the moment, it seemed like a good idea. And I'm just like, and what do I do? Hey, Joe, sorry, my uh, my schedule booked up. And I unfortunately, I can't make it. I send him an email and we never talk again. And I at least do that. A lot of people just no show, but you know, it, yeah. it happens all the time. And um, you know, it, it's really, I think it's really important for us to understand that we have to give people a reason to meet with us. If okay. we don't, it will yeah. reduce the quality of that meeting significantly. You know, Dale's using numbers and less than 50% show rates. And that's pretty rough. Yeah. So yeah, it is. Um, and so I, I, you know, Brian, I frequently get asked by clients. Um, if they come along and they're like, we are, if they're still the, the type of team that tries to set buyer consultations, they're like, Dale, can you help us with our show rate? Like there's so, you know, like the, the show rate is really low on the number of people that show up. They tell us yes. And then they don't show up and it's a mystery. Brian, here's the magic sauce. You go back and you listen to these conversations and you see how much real value was there to that uh, lead and what were they going to get out of it? And a lot of times the answer is very thin, if anything. Yeah, I'd like to meet with you. Okay. That there's <laughs> then I go, why did I want to meet with that Dale guy? He seemed right. nice on the phone. But yeah. I don't remember even why we're meeting. And I've yeah. literally had those meetings too. Like, why am I doing this? <laughs> literally, it, it happens at all time. Yeah, I have too, man. Uh okay, excellent. So we're at we're five minutes over, Brian. I think we, you know, I I, I took up all your time. Uh can we save okay. your call for next time? Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. Just means I have to do a little less work prep next week. That's all. <laughs> oh, actually, I know. Wait, it's even less work next week. We're going to have a guest next week. Uh, and right. that is uh, Ryan. Let's see. My marketing person is on. I forget. Hold on a second. Wait, let me check. I'm messing up his last name. Uh, Brian, say something to the audience. Why? Ryan Smith. Thank you, Megan. Ryan Smith. Uh, okay, you're messing up his last name. It's a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. He's a really nice guy. He's going to be on here. We're interviewing him. And he has a company called Launch Your Farm. And the reason why we're interviewing him here, everybody, is because, you know, Brian and I are experts at lead conversion. And, and frankly, Brian is even more of an expert than I am at lead generation. And like, Brian tests everything out. Like, I think you, you try everything, right, Brian? Yeah. To my own, to my own demise sometimes, but yes. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> or, hey, sometimes, it, you know, you, you, you don't win at the craps table. 
um, this guy, Ryan Smith has launched your farm. And the reason that I want to interview him here is because we all know we need to be farming. We all know we need to be working that as a source, right? If we're going to be in business for a long time, especially gaining listings in this changing market. And so he has a, a process for helping people launch their farms. And so part of what we do here on cash call should be, where do we get these leads from? Well, yeah, I agree. And, you know, I'll, I'll just throw out a, a tidbit on this. It's my firm belief that you should add at least twice a year, add a new lead source, ideally four times a year, depending on where you're at in your business. But a minimum of twice a year, you should be adding a new lead source, assuming that you want your business to continue to grow. If you're happy where you're at, that's different. But even then, I mean, I've got friends who were crushing it, making a half a million dollars a year during the REO boom, and that's all they did. And guess what? Those guys are out of the business because yeah, they only had one spoke in their wheel and a one yeah. spoke wheel, it don't last long. So yeah. absolutely. I think it's great to bring someone like Ryan on. Oh yeah, absolutely. Excellent. All right, everybody. We'll see all of you next week. Thanks for joining us for Cash Call. Thanks everybody.